Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. Now, to tell you something, uh, I'm going to the bank on the way home today. I should really start doing online banking, but for some reason, I don't. And even like Joanne yells at me because I even I don't leave my card number with any of the call-in services. But I go to a bank here in Burbank, and I'm not going to give their name because I don't like to give them promotion. But I don't know why, but there's always a line in this bank. No matter what time it is, I went in last week after the studio. There was 15 people in front of me, and that, that's no lie. 15 people in the line. You know how long it takes? So I'm sitting there. I'm hoping today I'll probably be out of the studio around 4:30 that there's no one in line because I I have some checks I have to deposit and I have bills to pay. But it's just the worst thing when you go to the bank and there's a long thing of line, and they always have that business window open, and it pisses me off because people just walk in because they have a business and they can put their money in. Anyway, enough about that. We'll talk about banks with my guests today. My guest, it's like it's it's December and it's like, you know, Wendy comes on my show like once a year, like Santa Claus comes to my house once a year. My guest is Wendy Lieben. How you doing, Wendy? I just came from the bank. No, no, did you know? Well, I my stepson was is with me. He's with me right now and he needed to go to the bank, so we drove to the bank. We drove to the wrong bank first. Well, how, do you, how did you drive to the wrong bank? Well, because I'm at one bank and he's at another bank. So I, for some reason, he used to be at my bank and I just forgot that he wasn't at my bank anymore. <laughs> so was, he tried to deposit it into the wrong bank. Well, was there a line? There was no line because this is one of those that you can either drive up to or walk up to this little window. Um, but the second, was there a line at the second bank? No, he said there was no line at the second bank. Maybe you're going to a very popular bank. I don't know. It's just funny when you say you you drive up because I don't know. I remember growing up and you would, when I first got my first bank account and I would go and I had my driver's license. And you remember you would put the money yes. in the chute and, and you'd sit there and you put it in and then you drop it down. And every comic would do a bit of, oh, I put a hamster, you know, stupid right. stuff. But now, now does your bank, can you put money in the chute? Like when you drive up or how does it, would you use your card? Well, I don't do it that way. That's not my banking method, but I think you can use your, I think there's like a keypad and you you punch it. I don't think there's a shoot, but uh, there's a comic out of Denver and he brings that shoot on state like that, that container on stage. And he said, look what I got from the bank. Like Still? he has the whole, sh yes. No, I'm, I'm just saying, cause you know how it is. Like people don't get it. Well, now you have a big show coming up Friday. I believe. Friday, this Friday. Yes. No, that you mean in Philadelphia. Yeah. That was that was postponed. Oh, I know. I was supposed to be on the um, America's Got Talent season nine semifinalist tour with Dan Matterman. We were doing a gig in Philadelphia. It's a friend of Craig Shoemaker's has a room there, but they had to postpone it. So I don't the host, the host was. Tony oh, Luke right. Jr. You who, told me all about him. He was very, he's the, he's a cheesesteak king of Philadelphia. I know. It's, and he was very excited to meet you because he texted me because he did stand up the other night for like the, he opened for Craig Shoemaker in at Helium. Right. And he was all excited. And I said, hey, I sent him the text. I said, you're going to be at a show. And he was like, can't wait to meet her. And now, you know, I got to tell all my friends. No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm so disappointed. Um, But maybe he could send me a Philly cheesesteak for through the Met FedEx. We could do that. I'll, I'll ask him. For Christmas. I'll ask him. What's amazing is you order stuff online in the middle of the night, you know, when you're not really <laughs> totally conscious at three in the morning, and then it shows up at your door the next morning. It's crazy. I, you know, are you ordering a lot of stuff online? Because I know- I have done that. Well, we just moved. So I've been getting a lot of Bed Bath & Beyond stuff. So and... you moved. Now you were in Studio City. My life is crazy. No, but so what's up? I mean, I haven't talked to you for like a year. I see your posts, which people, she, Wendy always has very funny posts. Thank you. You always post, you, I, I, you posted something the other night that was funny. You always, you always post funny stuff and Joanne always reads your posts. You're always posting jokes and I, that's what I, I like. I try. No, they're funny. That, it's my volunteer job. Twitter is my volunteer, volunteer job. job. Now, now I want to hear about your show more because your show is very popular. At Vitello's. Uh, yes. And now- now, what made you start decide to start booking this comedy? This is so exciting. This is so exciting. So in about April or May, I was walking by Vitello's restaurant in Studio City on Tahunga. And I remember that a comedian, Ty Barnett, once booked me in the room there. And because he had a comedy night there. And Alex, you were with me. My stepson was with me that night. And there were about five comics and not a lot of audience members, but I thought this is the greatest room for comedy. And then I didn't hear anything else about that room. So 
I decide I lived right around the corner, Steve, and I was like, this would be a dream gig for me to be able to walk to work. So I just walked in. I was like, I really want to talk to somebody about starting another comedy night here. And they had just been in negotiations with um, the city because I guess they had had a lot of music in that room and it was too loud and the neighbors were complaining. So they were just cutting it back to like spoken word and acoustic music. So they said, this is perfect. We want to try comedy again. We've never been able to get it to work successfully in here. So we decided to do it once a month, the last Tuesday of the month. And we sold out like the first four months of, it's called locally grown comedy. Now, did you sell out, do you think, because of, because you have great acts? Because it was $5. No, but that's, that's, no, <laughs> but that's good. I mean, but, but you, that $5, and, and I've seen your flyers, for that $5, you're getting, honestly, a show that you would, if you were in Vegas, you would pay $50 for. Like, it was a tremendous show. I mean, you know. I've had everybody from John Mulaney to Lou Schneider to Kira Saltanovich to, um, who's coming up, Judy Tenuta's coming up. Um, I've had Jan Karam. I've had Paul Morris. I mean, I've had every comedian who. A, a lot of them Cooper Talk guests. Really? Yeah. And you're going to be on my show at some point. Eventually. Yes. I, I'm, I'm, I can still, I can still wing it. I, I'm still pretty good there. But you know, but no. So now, now, how do you, how do you formulate the show? Like, because you're booking it. So. So I'm booking it. But you're a comic, and you know, and you have a lot of comedy comedic friends but how do you balance it because there's so many strong acts you have to you have to put the lineup together or you have to do that I mean, that's a lot of pressure well it's a different job than doing stand-up comedy it's like producing and um at first i was just like who could do the show who will do the show and i got john mendoza and peter melman and people really wanted to do the show because it's local there's no pressure and it's good food and the comedians can like, there's no place in LA where I feel the comedians can really hang out together. Right. And maybe they do at the comedy store, but I, I'm, I've never been in that group. Uh, where do you mostly work out? Me? Do you stand up? Yeah. I don't, I don't really do it much anymore. No, I don't. I mean, I do it every once in a while, like, but I don't, I don't do you go to the ha ha. No, I, I, I done the ha ha. I the hoo hoo. I do the hoo-hoo. Well, there's two ha-ha's now. There are. There's like the ha-ha and there's a the shaky town. And like the, the oh. old the old ha-ha opened up in the new ha-ha and the old ha-ha is now the shaky town or something like that. But I, I don't, I mean, I just, I'm like, I'm like Peter Melman, like in performing wise. Like Peter doesn't perform a lot, but he does it every once in a while. And we, and you know, like for me, I don't, I mean, I don't, it's not even worth sometimes for me. Like your show is something to be worth leaving the house for. It's an event because people order food and they're there for two hours and so I realized doing the show why I never had a child of my own why I only have stepchildren because I when they were babies I would have been so freaking neurotic I want everything to be perfect at my show um like the details of the show like I'm very crazy about them so anyway I started doing the show it went June, July, August, September. And then um, in October, George Lopez saw me tweeting about it. And he was like, I think I'm going to come down. Now, the backstory with him is I started with him. So before he was famous, um, we used to do these showcases together. And I remember he'd be in the lobby with his press packet. And I mean, he was, you know, he was a comic. Little, little story about George Lopez. Yeah. Back when I was uh, doing, um, I was a sales and marketing manager for Gordon Biersch in Burbank. I booked George Lopez's Christmas party, and they booked it every year. And it was all, and the the ABC of course pay for it. But I laughed because the girl who was booking it before, when I was a waiter, she never like booked it right. Like she would wouldn't charge him enough. And I said, so what do you mean you booked it? I, I was I was the, I would book parties. I was an event coordinator for this oh, place. Okay. So they talked to me, and I because and I would make off a buyout. I would make like twenty two percent. And so I sat there, and I I just I went out. I said the hell with it. I raised the price like eight thousand dollars, what they paid the year before, and they did it. No one complained. I made money. George came in. He was the nicest guy. Nicest. His, his the the kids who came with the the crew from the show. None of them were brats. Everyone was well behaved, and, and yeah, so that's how. 
my, my George Stinkman. So for him to sit there and say he's going to come do your show must be awesome. So we went back and forth, like, is he going to perform? He, he started tweeting about it. And then so he came to the show and he headlined the show. And then he said, I want to do this again. So Vitello's, we scheduled a separate night. So it's still locally grown, presents George Lopez and Friends. And he brought Arsenio Hall, Russell Peters, Reuben Paul, and Brian Callen. And it was two hours of laughing until I was crying. Like, if I were the type to pee in my pants, I would have. have. Although I am the type to pee in yeah, my pants. Yeah, you always can say. <laughs> no, no, no. Did, did you know he was bringing all these people when you. So we planned it. We okay. planned that he was going to bring friends. So we tweeted about that. Well, we raised the price a little. We sold out in like a minute. And it was, the night was epic. And, um, and then the next night we had like the regular night. So. Right now, we're in negotiations of talking how we can make this. Because Arsenio loved the room. Everybody loved the room. Russell Peters, they're all like, I want to do this again. And um, so we're just negotiating now, like how we can turn that into like maybe a weekly thing, like every Tuesday night. And then I'll have more spots and I can book you. I, I'll come down. <laughs> I, I was going to come down one night. It was when it was a Tuesday. And then I something something got caught up and I couldn't come down. And I was like, I know life I, happens. And then I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do a two item minimum. <laughs> no, I'm joking. For real. I mean, I wish we didn't have to do that, but it's you the way to. that the restaurant makes money. And Alex Sherman, my stepson, who's sitting here with me, he's the music coordinator. I know. So. I saw that. And people, it's funny because uh, Wendy and Alex were walking up to the studio and I was in the lobby and Alex was first. And, and I know of Alex because he posts. And, and now Alex, you have a, a show coming up. Is it this Friday? It's coming up um, on Friday. Yeah, it's a charity gig with like a million other people. It's at the Pig and Whistle. Which uh, yeah. they, do, they do comedy every once in a while. Well, I've, I've never performed there. But. We've been to, oh, what's so strange in my life, I'm 54 now, but when I was Alex's age, 24, I was just starting to do stand-up. And I would go to open mics. And now I'm like going to open mics with Alex now, where he's already passed that stage. But it's so weird to like watch the whole process again. Um, so, yeah, Alex is doing this uh, benefit. Now, he's charity. the musical director for your Tuesday night. For my show. Now, what does – okay, so what What would I – if I go to your show. Yeah. Okay, what am I going to see? Are you, are you the host? I host every show. So now, now, that must be odd for you because you've been – I mean, okay, I'm 52. I've been doing comedy, you know, on and off. We're such babies. You, But you've been, you've been headlining <laughs> – Forever. I prefer to. I prefer to host. Why? I, I love why. it. I mean, I think my favorite thing to do is make everybody happy. Like I really want people just to have a great time, and so um, I love all the comedians that I book. So I get to say something nice about them, and you know, I um, we have some of the same audience members month after month. A lot of people come back, including Dear Abby. This is a whole story. I, I want to hear this. About Dear I, I, I want to hear this. Now tell me, because this is this is stuff I love. Dear Abby, oh my god! Like the real Dear Abby. The re well, the real Dear Abby is long gone. Okay, but so. her daughter is now the real Dear Abby, and she's been doing it for thirty years. So she must be in her sixties or seventies. And so I was um, asked to like life is so weird like this, right? My husband's cousin, they were looking for a host for a charity called the Dee Dee Hirsch Mental Health Center. It's in Mara Vista, and um, they do a lot of good work for mental health. Like, you can call Suicide Hotline. They get you help. It's a phenomenal charity. So I hosted this event at the Beverly Hilton, and um, Dear Abby was one of the presenters because I guess a lot of people write to her with suicide notes. Okay. So they had her come. And we fell in love. And... Jeff, my husband, fell in love with her and her husband. And so we just started hanging out with Dear Abby and Walter. <laughs> and um, I don't ask her a lot of questions. <laughs> but she's so funny. She's so funny. And she has come to every single locally grown comedy event. She wants to be there right in the front. She said laughter is so cathartic and almost like... She, she said she just felt great. She felt she felt like she was flying for the next couple of days after the first show. Does she tweet? She does tweet. You, you should, should tweet to her. You should have her tweet. 
about the homegrown comedy show. About locally grown? Home, I'm not, I call it homegrown. She locally has. Grown. <laughs> she has. But yeah, I should ask her to do a little more. Now, how'd you come up with the name? Well, I was thinking I want, I was thinking like um, farm, what'd you say? I don't think it was. Was that your idea? Locally grown was my idea. Oh, I thought they changed it. Who did you think the idea was? I thought the Vitelli. Abe was Vigoda. Oh no, it was definitely it was my idea. I thought maybe farm to table. Like I was trying to do something local because I wanted to be. My very first thought was like John Campanera lives in my neighborhood, and he. I mean, he had a, like a sitcom in the late '80s, early '90s. And no, he's been on. He has. Yeah. And Mike Rowe lived across the street from me, so. I know like Frank Nicotero, all these people live right in the neighborhood. So I thought it's like a locally grown, like farm to table. I didn't know exactly what to call it, but it has turned into organically locally grown in really what's been happening, just that George got involved. And, you know, people, my friend wants to do my makeup and like things that I never thought to do. Like people want to pitch. It's like um, painting Tom Sawyer's wall. Is that? Who's the guy? Whitewashing the Whitewashing fence. Whitewashing the fence. Okay, it wasn't Huckleberry Finn. <laughs> Close enough. Was it Huckleberry Finn, Alex? Or was it? It, was his, it was his best friend, Tom Sawyer's best friend. Huckleberry, Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. Okay, so I had I had the right era. Um, but yeah, people want to be part of it. And I have my friend Lowell Hiles. He does all the photography. And Alex Sherman is the musical director. So, so you 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 do some how long how much time are the the comics doing? Each comics do about eight minutes. There are about eight comics, and so the whole thing lasts an hour and a half to two hours. And Alex plays beforehand on the guitar, and uh, Vitellos was just allowed to start um, with the amps again because they couldn't they couldn't have any loud sounds before anyway. So, so do you sit there? I mean, the funny thing about your the people you book is some of them, like Mike, was a stand up. Mike long, Rowe. Well, yeah, was a stand up a long time ago, but then he's going into a great profession as writing animation, Futurama, Family yeah. Guy. And so it must be cool that you get these people that you started out with, and you've all gone your own ways. I mean, it's so funny because you're bringing them back. Because once you always once you do stand up, you always come back to it. I mean, I want to have a night where it's just like industry people who used to do stand-up, everybody from Jonathan Groff. I don't know if he'll do it, but um, Lou Schneider came last month and Mike Rowe came again. Just there are people who it's in your blood to to want to do stand-up. So I don't know, maybe I could get Margaret Smith. I haven't what does heard, she do? I don't know. I sent her an email because I always, what I do is it's so funny. I When I book this show, well, I always think my show is sort of like, you know, you say farm to table. My show, my show is TV to studio. Basically, I watch TV. If I see someone that looks familiar, or Joanne will go, oh, I like that guy. He's funny. Or that girl. I look him up, and if I send him a message on email, on Facebook or Twitter. And sometimes they come in. Sometimes they don't. But I sent Margaret, because Margaret Smith was so funny back so in the funny. day. And then I, 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 she had a website. But you know how some websites look like they're a little bit of a, they're dated like, you know, you sit they haven't there, been updated, yeah. right? It's like 2012. And you want to send like a message, but you think it's just going to like whatever those people the are ether. called. Yeah, so it's crazy. So now, now, how would you go about getting a Margaret Smith? Uh, I don't, I really don't know. I just remember thinking she was hilarious. And I saw her once in an, at an audition about six years ago. And that was it. But I, I guess the comedy community is small enough. I could just say, does anybody know Margaret Smith? I'd love her to have her do my show. Well, you had someone in your audience one night because I saw a post who I remember seeing on an HBO uh, Young Comedian special who I thought was hysterical. was a guy named Howard Buzzgang. Oh or, my God, he's doing my show. Because he was funny because I saw, because it was posted and I was like, that guy, because I remember seeing him. He was so funny. He is one of the funniest people. And he was also a writer on Boy Meets World. And my husband was a writer on Boy Meets World. So... Like, we know him from there. And I also wrote on a Howie Mandel show for a little while. So I met him there. And then I knew him from stand-up. So Howard, Howard Busgang and I, we go way, way back. And he's going to do my show. And he has, he's so interesting. He has a 17-year-old, a, a 27-year-old, and a 7-year-old. Something like that. Wait, 27, 17, and 7. That's a big difference there. That's, that's, that's... I know. <laughs> so now, are you are you still doing a lot of stand-up still? So I'm on the road a little bit. Um, I'm going to do my annual Chinese restaurant over Christmas in San Francisco. It's called Kosher Kung Pao Comedy. 
and it's three nights at a restaurant in San Francisco for Jews. I mean, anybody can go, but um, wait, you know, it's it, it, so. What is it with the Jews and the Chinese food? <laughs> it's delicious. I know that too, but it's like because you know, it's so funny. Me and Joanne were, you know, we were talking about the seven fishes, the the, the, the festival, and her her brother and his sister-in-law always go, and they're not Jewish, the Italian and, and Methodist, right. Catholic and Methodist, they go for Chinese on Friday, and I'm like, wait a second, I go, they should be coming, I mean, Christmas Eve, I said, they should be come, they should come to the Italian food, because I said, I grew up in Cherry Hill, a Jewish town, You, if you're not Jewish, you can't get Chinese food on, on Christmas Eve or Christmas, I think that should be a rule. You can't? No, that's a Jewish tradition. <laughs> I think only the Jewish people should be able to have it. On... Well, this is such a great gig because Lisa Gedelgig, she's the woman in charge. She started this many years ago. And the first year they had Henny Youngman and it was his last comedy gig. Wow. So she books four or three Jewish comedians. And, you know, I've always, I'm, I'm Jewish or I was born Jewish, but I was never religious. But this past year, I started writing a pilot. We just finished it yesterday about a female rabbi. And so I've gotten a little more versed in my culture. And so this year, I think I'm going to have a lot more fun performing. So it's it's three shows. It's two shows for, a night. For three nights. For three nights. It used to be four nights. And now, is it just you? No, it's going to be Dana Eagle, another comedian who I don't, know who it is and lisa Godal gig okay so then so that it's and in, i'm headlining it's in of course you have to yeah. headline. you can't your only time wendy lieben does not headline is your own show when i'm opening host for you no you you you're a headliner now is it it's it's three nights how big is the room it's about 300 people and everybody eats while you're talking and it's just hilarious it's a really fun night and it's in San Fran. And you've done it for... I've done it twice before. Every five years I go back. And now, is it just something that... Why is it so popular? I mean, it's amazing because that, that many people... I mean, that's a lot of people, two, three on, on a Christmas time. I guess there are a lot of Jews in San Francisco. I'm not sure. But I know that they try to start one here um, at a another Chinese restaurant. I don't know if it's taken off yet. I haven't heard about it. So, But I love Chinese food. I want seven dishes. That'd be good. Now, what, what's your favorite Chinese food? Uh... Orange chicken. I like. How Alex about, is agreeing. Alex likes. We orange like chicken. the orange what's, chicken. What, what's the one? Is the mugu guy pan? Is that where they wrap it up? What's the one where they wrap it up like yeah, in, the, in, the, in the, like the, a tortilla? And I'm like, what the hell? It's like yeah, it's a, I don't know what that. No, that, that's what egg, is it called? The chipotle style. No, chipotle. That, that, style? That's, that's egg foo young. I think it's egg foo uh, young. Yeah, I'm blanking out on it. Too bad your callers can't call in. I don't have callers. I know, but like... <laughs> I don't have a phone in here. Look, like you guys, I was sitting there because I have to... I, I have I, a cell phone. Yeah, exactly. And you text me and, and you still have a... Uh, I was two, so modern. You have the 213 number. It's which, the best number. It's the best because you and a guy I know named Tom Choi are the only two people with 213s. They don't have those anymore? No. It's it's like that Seinfeld episode where they change the number and Elaine gets the new number. and Right. Thing. But the 213 is great because it's, it's, I think... Everyone moved away that had 213s. Well, we wanted to keep our 818 landline because we moved from Studio City to West Hills, California, only 20 miles away out the 101. But of course, the 101 in California, that's five hours. I know, but it wasn't <laughs> bad. It took us half an hour to bad. get here. Not bad. And then an hour to look for coffee. Yeah. So like, look, we literally look for coffee Which for is funny because if you go on the other side of Starbucks, I mean, the other side of Burbank, there's Starbucks everywhere. Oh. And here it's like I I drive I drive down the street there's there's like bars, a lot of bars and liquor stores on this on this area. And cat adoption yeah. centers. This, this is this is like in Burbank. This is like this I don't this is I even consider I should consider it's a like Burbank. It's the lost street. Yeah. You, want, you wanted me to look it up so I put it in the iPhone. Starbucks. And we were in the middle of a perimeter of like 20 Starbucks in a circle. <laughs> it was like but nothing forming around a pentagram us. around us. But well, yeah, it, it's crazy. But you you got your coffee. Now, now is it just regular Starbucks coffee? I got something called the special white or I don't know. There's like ginger. It's for the holidays. Ginger like, and cinnamon and sugar. And... I, I drink the decaf and I, I, I like the eggnog latte. They're I have good. not tried that That's yet. That's good. They, they have good and gingerbread stuff. Like they always have... You know, if, if you're a member of the Starbucks tribe. club, yeah, the tribe, the Starbucks tribe, they like buy, buy one, get one free certain times and things. That's pretty good stuff. Well, they they gave me a, a coupon and it said you could win Starbucks for life, but I ha you have to get a card. and I, You know, one of those like 
debit so get card. A card. What if you want it for life? That'd be that great. would be amazing. That'd be great. So now you said the pilot. You know, now I know. Well, well, you you were working on a one. You were working on a play a while back. Yes, and I'm. That's still. I'm working on that still. But it's not my priority right okay. now. Um, that was about a commencement speech. And um, but my husband. Okay, so we moved to this house, and it's very. It's like in the vortex of uh, the valley, and there's so much creativity, and um, so everybody's feeling very creative in this new house. And my husband and I are writing a musical about stand-up comedy, and I was probably working on it before, but now it's a little closer. Now, in what in what aspect of of just the business or of being a comedian, or I mean, explain this. It's three stand-up comedians in Las Vegas over Valentine's Day weekend. So really, it's about love and comedy. It shows the three different comedians, their lives, their loves, and how they interact and. So it's it's a love story, really. And it's called Home on Tuesday because a lot of comedians are home on Tuesday. Yeah, you're right. So um, somebody said, really, I'm home on Monday. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should change the title. Well, you know, maybe it play. is. I'm trying to know because maybe, I don't know, because you home think. Home on Monday? Well, the cruise ship people, they're home on Tuesdays, I think. Uh, Have you done cruises? I did one when I first moved out here in the early 90s. I did an improv cruise with Bud Friedman and his wife, they weren't performing, but the other comedians were um, Jack Cohen. He was head writer for right. Leno for years. And Steve Veray, who now I think runs a traffic school, the improv traffic school in San Francisco. And I just got claustrophobic. That's not my thing. And I can't swim. I can't either. I, I'm not. I'm seriously. I. It's so funny. Like you we would did, think I'd be able to float. No, oh, come on now. <laughs> but I, I just did not like being on the boat because you perform for like 30 minutes and then you're done and then that's it and then you have to face the audience. And that, I did eat at the buffet. Well, that's the thing. Well, I, John DeCross was on uh, two weeks ago and he said like. The only food you can get it all like all night is like pizza and ice cream. So you see like these kids eating little kids. I don't know why they're up at three in the morning eating like ice cream and pizza at three in the morning. I mean, it's like that's not. That's I know not you lose sense of time. Chocolate and... wasted. <laughs> um, I yeah, I was the first one online at the midnight buffet. So, that's so was... but I and I've been offered a few cruise ships, but I really it's not it's not interesting to me well i want to get out how how like i i just don't know how to swim but why don't you know how to swim i do know how to swim i could save myself and my best stroke is the side stroke um but i guess it's because i I don't breathe like i'm a mouth breather and that's that's weird no because i just why don't you swim i think it's because when i was young i jumped off a raft when we were camping and my foot got caught and I flipped under, and then I was I got all scared, and then I just I don't know I I go and and I just I can't open my eyes underwater. I don't know what that is. Like I, maybe if I had goggles and I I can doggy paddle. Right. But I just so you could save yourself. I'm I don't. It depends how deep the water is. See, I've almost drowned twice. Now, when did you almost drown? I almost drowned. I was on a camp trip. Um, we were on a canoe trip at camp. I went to a camp called Camp Triwoody. That's always. <laughs> I mean, that's for real. My parents sent me to a camp called Triwoody. So, okay, so the backstory is I really wanted to be in this boat with this guy named Steve Yalowitz because I had a little crush on him. Uh, don't tell Dad that I had a crush on anybody else. On Steve Yalowitz. <laughs> Steve Yalowitz. I don't think they heard you in the next room. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, the counselor said, all right. He took me out of Adam Brill's boat and he put me in Steve Yalowitz's boat. So Steve Yalowitz and I were in this boat and we capsized. And I'm holding onto this tree for dear life. And I probably wasn't in that much danger, but I just felt, because I don't know how to swim that great, I was just really scared. So who saves me but Adam Brill? So I should have, I know. So um, that was the first time I almost drowned. And then I wouldn't get back in the boat. I walked on the side of the stream. The second time was in Montauk. And I I was a maid in a hotel there one summer. It was the best summer of my life. And um, I was 42 at the time. No, I was <laughs> I was in my 20s. And I just went into the water and there was so much undertow that I screamed for help. And like the lifeguard had to come save me. And I just remember him 
saving you me. You did it on purpose. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with Alex there. I think Alex is right. Well, it's funny because when we're afraid of water, like I remember I would tell people, like I, I, I remember years ago I had plantar warts. I don't know how I got them. And I had to go to the doctor. And Ow, those are painful. Foot, yeah. Well, they weren't that painful. I was lucky. But what it is, they, and this is how long ago it was, the 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 way they corrected it is you put your foot in a thing of water and they play, they, they put electric current through it oh. so basically like, they're shocking him out of your foot but that was my excuse my friends like yeah man we're going uh, i can't go in uh, uh, planner wash <laughs> i can't get my feet wet and they're like did you not shower i keep it out of the bath i can't get oh, that's, well i can't shower now without wearing one of those orange life yeah. vests and, a, and some floaties very nervous so now now you said the pilot now what now now what when how did you come up with an idea to write a pilot and you know, is it something that you always have wanted to write a pilot about the female rabbi? And how no, did you get the this idea? Is so weird. So there's a young comedian named Maria Alexander, and she had me on her podcast. And as I was leaving, she said, if we ever want to get together and just write, like write our own stuff, we could just hang out in the same room and write. And I've never done that before. But a month later, I was like, oh, maybe I'll call Maria Alexander and invite her over to write so she forgot that she had told me we would just write our own stuff so on her way over she came up with this idea that she, that i would be a rabbi and she would be the young like girl who had renounced her judaism but was now like looking to figure herself out and um so we just started writing this pilot it's called unchosen and hopefully we can sell it to like i don't know hbo or amazon or netflix or now, now, was that a new experience for you? I mean, just the whole process of writing a pilot, because you know, writing jokes is one thing, and and if a pilot, if a show is going to be funny, you have to have jokes built into it. But it's a whole structure thing, and it's so completely different. I mean, and and it must be hard for you to start doing that, and in addition, write with somebody else. It's one thing if you sit there and throw yourself in a room and go, "I'm going to write," you know, the screenplay or whatever. But was it, how was it to collaborate? I mean, did you? Was it just? I mean, because. Who brought the funny, or did you both bring the funny, or who brought the serious? I mean, because there's got to be some serious or stories. Right, it's it's not a sitcom. It's more like a transparent okay. or I, I don't want to say house of cards, but it's more like um, uh, just a slice of life of these two women who meet, and they're they meet at a pot store, and so you know that um, it's going to be a little interesting. And I, as I said, I've never been really into my religion, but I've gotten to understand. But your question was about how did we write together? Yeah, I mean, no, just, but no, writing, a, a, it's not like writing a joke together. You're writing a, a, a story. story and it's like anything. And it's not like you two know each other that well, which I think sometimes that's better because I think if you, if you know someone, well, what I have, if you know someone too well, sometimes you don't feel like you can tell them the truth. Right. Well, you're so interested. This question is so interesting because, yeah, I didn't know her that well. And so part of writing it together was figuring her out and how we work together. So she took the helm and she was the one typing everything. And then we would just discuss things. And it really was fun. Like it wasn't work. It was play. So after we got together all these times, we have the script now. So we're really excited about it. See, that's good, though, because it's good. And and I would watch a show. But how did you, you said you, you got in touch with your religion more. Did you do research about Judaism? Because a female, I mean, the thing about a rabbi is, if you're not Jewish, you really don't know what a rabbi is. And the thing is, and but, so you can, to the to the goyim, you can, you can, you can, you know, ski past that you know you don't have to do it but to the the people who are jewish they know exactly what's going on so it's like something you can't fake it so you, right. i mean so how did you sit there and go find out about rabbis? so i read the idiot's guide to jewish history and culture you're laughing but i'm serious and it's really a good book like you really learn about judaism but also i a friend of jeff's um i went to his 40th high school reunion with my husband. Only two people remembered me. Yeah. Um, no, but, and then we went to his 44th elementary school reunion. Wait. Yeah, or for, yeah. It that was, doesn't work. Wait, it was his 40. 46th. Something like that. I'm a math geek. I'm like, <laughs> wait, unless, unless he's skipped a few grades. Solve for X. Solve for yeah. X. So one of his classmates is now a female rabbi. Well, I mean, she was female. Right. But she's a rabbi, so she's like, anytime you want to ask me questions, whatever. So um, 
I'll make it authentic. But sh- but the rabbi that uh, that my character is, they'll probably recast somebody. They'll probably cast like Jennifer Aniston to play me. I could see that. Or um, Sarah Silverman, because her sister's a rabbi. We'll Sarah to... Silverman's sister is. Yeah. Well, Jennifer um, Aniston's Greek, great. so she doesn't. What? Care. That'd be great. Yeah. Um. So, well, I forgot what I was saying. No, you're saying about. She said you can ask questions, so you so you're gonna keep it up to you know you're gonna if you have questions you'll ask her about what a, what would a rabbi do. Right. Yeah. So it'll be authentic. Now, are you are you plotting out different stories now for it? Are you, are you doing an arc to it, or did you wrote this? I mean, well, I mean, we literally just finished the pilot yesterday, so um, now we'll come up with like the stories. Have you ever written a pilot? Um, no. Well, I wrote. I had I had a very. It was a it was a web series. It wasn't it was only it was two episodes, but it was no, it was years ago. It was okay. when the thing, but it was called Steve Cooper, not so funny guy, and we shot it at E. And I didn't write the pilot because we pretty much ad lib. I ad libbed the whole thing, and I played a comic who's just really bad, but he wants to do comedy. And they had we shot me in the my buddy knew someone at E, so we shot in the video vault. That's how long ago it was, and I would tell this girl stupid jokes. It was just a story of a guy who wants to do comedy and he thinks, you know, he's going to be big. And besides that, but I've written, I've written, you know, spec shows and I was actually, I was helping develop a pilot, but it, it stalled with Yakov Shmirnov. Oh, wow. And uh, we were trying to get something done, but now I'm talking to him this week. We have a reality show idea for him. So we'll see what happens. Oh, wow. Just cause... Well, you know how like when you're a, a juggler and you have to pretend that you're messing up, you have to be an absolutely great juggler to make it look like you're messing up right so in the same way you have to be an absolutely great comedian to make it look like you're bad oh yeah no it's so funny you say that because i just had a i i posted something i i like you know i tweet jokes like you do and i did this just as a stupid joke i I sitting there i woke up it was sunday we were gonna we were hanging out and i said i said i'm gonna gonna write this just because it's dumb (laughs) and i wrote i said i did i saw a, a great Great new TV, so great new TV show about sheep, two sheep that make and sell crystal meth called Breaking Baja. And I said, <laughs> and I wrote, try the mutton, I'll be here all week. And it was a stupid, and I and I got like 18 people going, hey, that's funny. And I'm going, no. And I was talking, I had a whole great conversation with Joanne about how you to be to write a bad joke. You're right, you have to be a good comedian because. People can just tell bad jokes, but to write something, it has to be crafted like a no, joke. No, but that's bad. Well, no, I'm kidding. No, it's no, but I'm saying no. But you know what it's like to write a bad joke is it's very, I mean, it's very. My hard worst to do. joke recently is that I know so many comedians, it's not even funny. That's good though. <laughs> no, I gotta laugh that, at that, Alex. That was, no, no, Alex, do you laugh at uh, her material? I could recite probably oh her, her act backwards and forwards. Okay. I met him when I was eight. I moved When him you were eight. You no, met no, him. No, when he was eight. I'm sorry. <laughs> she was eight. He Alex was eight. He's a very old looking 24. He was eight. Yeah. And I moved in when he was eight. And then like he saw me perform. And then one day he's like 10. And he just starts reciting my act verbatim in the kitchen. I'm like, I really have to be careful what I say around this Yeah, be careful. I have a photographic memory. (laughs) That's funny. And I'll write my book. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, I'm very nervous. That's so, that's so, but so now, well, with you, I always, like with your comedy, and I always, and and you, and also like someone like a John Mendoza, uh, because you guys write very funny funny. one-liner, and they're they're mostly one-liners. I always think, you know, because I always tweet stuff. I don't use any of it when I do stand-up. I just do different things because I can't remember. How do you like when you headline? Let's say you're doing a 45 minute show. You must tell because you're probably you're probably telling about six, no, four jokes a minute. Or I mean, how do you remember all that? Yeah. And then how do you when you write new material? How do you incorporate it? Because you have so many things that you probably like. You do you write out a set list. I mean, how do you? Let's say you're doing a 45 minutes. I have like a set that I usually do. I sort of know where I'm starting. I sort of know where I'm ending. And then in the middle, it's just free for all. And like I was at Thousand Oaks Civic Center recently. Jimmy Brogan opened up for me. He's such a phenomenal comedian. That Jimmy Brogan, I've sent them messages on Facebook about the show. Okay. Never, never gets back to me. Jimmy, do the show. No, it's just funny. I was because everyone says, and I met him once right. years ago, and he's the nicest guy. But I'm like, that'd be a great guest. He's awesome. So yeah, he opened. He 
opens for Leno every Sunday at Hermosa Beach at the Comedy Magic Club. Um, and I was just really conversational with the audience. Like I really just wanted to talk to them. And then I, it's like I have this vault of jokes. So hopefully they'll come back to me on stage at an appropriate time. Um, but as you said, how do you get new material? And that's always been my biggest problem, Steve. I would probably be more successful if I had a better memory. But well, but the thing is, but but also the one thing about your act also is that your all your jokes are funny. It's, it's, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I mean, you know, you 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 know, people when I I posted you've been on a show, I was like, oh my god, oh she's the best, blah blah blah. She's so funny. We love her, you know. And it's like that's the thing though. It must be hard for you to sometimes to break in a new joke when you. It's like anything. If if you're if you're a baseball player and you're in a hitting streak and you have 26 in a row. Do you sit or anything? Do you sit there and, and do you? I mean, how do you branch out and go? You know what? I'm on a roll, but I really want to do this joke, and you know you're gonna get the crowd back with another material. But is it hard for you to sometimes to throw in that new one when you popped out like 25 in a row that are popping? Just use steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been taking the steroids. No, it's really challenging. And one of the things that I've done at Vitello's is uh during my show is i've had alex play the guitar while i'm reading some of my tweets okay so i'll say i'm gonna read some of my tweets now and they put the lights down a little bit and so some of them will get a laugh and i'll say they're not all funny but yeah no it is a real challenge for me and i'm sure i'm sure a lot of other comedians how to break in a new bit but that's what my room is good for because comics feel there's not that much pressure. They can just come down, try some new stuff. Like John Mulaney was there. Have you had him on the show? No, I I, I, uh, I, I sent him a message on Facebook. Yeah, I didn't hear from him. I know he's comedian. probably, you know, I mean, he's busy and, you know, but yeah, you yeah. never know. That's you never thing. know. You never know these messages. I can't believe who you get on the show. I, it's very I, impressive. I, you know what? I, I'm just a schlub. I don't know how I get him. <laughs> I always sit there. I go, people always, that's, that's the best compliment. People go. Man, how'd you get that part? What are they doing on your show? I go, well, well thanks. Thanks for the vote of confidence. <laughs> but no, I think it's, I, I get that all the time. But I, it's it's funny, though, uh, you know, because I, I, I do get lucky with some of my guests. I mean, and Peter Melman, I'm, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I was like, and all because of that, all because of that flyer. And I said, really? I, yeah, I saw because I was like, I, he's one of those people that I watch Seinfeld all the time. And Scrovan's been on, and Scrovan brought Bill Masters and Heyman on. They all did a little round table thing with a, and, but that's one of those guys you don't, it's like a Peter Melman. Like, I don't think that's accessible, you know, because he's like a, a big shot. It's like me trying to get Larry David. You know, it's not, you know, you, there's no contact. And then I saw him on your poster. I said, hey, oh my God, he's, I thought maybe, you know, he moved back to New York. And uh, and I sent him a message and it was like, that's the weirdest thing. When you well, get... Yeah, he hadn't done stand up, but he saw that I was doing yeah. that show and he was like, oh, maybe I'll try it again. And now he's doing it again. And he had brunch with you. Yes. And then he got in a car accident. Are you stalking? He did get in a car accident? Yeah, oh, after. He's okay. He told me he, he goes because on the I, way home. Yeah, I think so. Because I know because okay, right after because he told me when we were talking he said yeah I had brunch. I told him the story about how I got him. And he goes, yeah, I had brunch and I got I got I got rear-ended. He says I'm fine. We knew that. Yeah. I think he told us that. But, no, but okay. your but your flyer sat there and said okay well this guy he's doing stuff so I hit him up and he did. It. See this makes me so happy. No, That's why I'm great. doing the show because I like I'm. I, I'm a Yenta at heart. I like connecting people. <laughs> well, that's the thing you have to do, and that's good. So now that we moved out of Studio City, I can't walk to work anymore. Yeah, but but, but still, but then it's going to be, you know, you'll be more, you'll be worried, you'll worry when you're driving right. about the people showing up. Because when I used to do my show at Flappers, Cooper's Angels, it was all female comics. When was this that I was invited to? Well, this was, I didn't know you oh, okay. really yet. <laughs> and uh, I did have Kathy Labman, and I had... Uh, Jan Karam was on, and uh, and then just I had all I had like seven female comics, and my of my friend she made a flyer. It was the Charlie's Angels logo, but it said Cooper's Angels, and um and, yeah. and you hosted it, yeah. And it but was, you weren't on stage; you did it from the phone. Yeah, you called in. exactly. Okay. <laughs> no, for me, I did the same thing where I would sit there and I would worry if people weren't showing up, and then I thought, well, wait a second, I tried to promote this. You know, I wasn't one of those people that said you have to bring people. And it was right. when Flappers was newer. And it's like, you know, and it was Burbank on a Thursday night at whatever. So that's 
people don't come out of Burbank, that Studio City, people are always out because you drive up and down the street. There's so many restaurants and so many people are out and about there in Burbank, whereas Flappers is no one's traveling down there unless you're going to Sears or Ethan Allen. And I don't know a lot of people who are shopping at Sears and Ethan Allen, maybe one or the other, but it's not a thing. <laughs> who have time for a comedy show. Exactly. It's worth it. Yeah, <laughs> well, no, yours, it is but worth yours, it. Yours is worth it because it's just a great, it's a great locale. First of all, I love Flappers. I think that's a great comedy room. And I thought it was around for like 15 years. It's only five years old. Yeah. Which th- that, yeah, I can't. Yeah. When I found that out, I was like, what? But that was like kind of like when I found out that my husband's father wrote Mary Poppins. I was like, what? Didn't people write that 100 years ago? No. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's <laughs> they crazy. They wrote it in the 60s. And and it's funny because uh, recently they had, it was on a Jeopardy question. I always think of you and Jeff when there's a Jeopardy question because I go, We saw Wait. it. But no, there was recently another one, I think. No, was... we saw it. And, okay. Uh, the, but it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with the Shermer Brothers, but the guy answered Spoonful of Sugar. Okay. And it was <laughs> He's like. He's my friend, don't worry. I told is him to do it. The guy? The guy from Manchester. No, no. The guy just was like, he just said the wrong thing. Now, do you watch Jeopardy? We do. We watch it every night. I, I after the uh, the championship, you know, the, the yeah. The, were you happy that guy didn't win? No, I, I like the guy who won. Yeah, the guy who won was smart. But I kind of snarky though. But I tweeted. I said the guy who won. I, I his name's Alex. Alex Jacobs, I believe. Yes. And I wrote. I tweeted. Uh, Alex Jacobs, who just won the Jeopardy whatever championship, looks like he should be. Uh, selling pot in the suburbs of Philadelphia. <laughs> he retweeted it. He and, did? And he said, he, he, started, he said, funny, dude. And I was like, that's cool. That is so cool. Well, uh, Alex Chu has started following me. Remember Alex Chu? Is, he was the one who like always tried to go to, a, like he never started at the top of the cat. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. I can't watch that when people do that. He And he was the one who was heavier than he lost weight, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So he follows He follows you. me. And I follow Ken Jennings, who is hilarious the on guy, Twitter. Okay. Now, d- did you watch it a few weeks ago with the lady? Oh. Who went, <gasps> 2000. Well, what's funny about that was I was watching it. And Joanne, I didn't see it the one night. Joanne oh, goes, what? I don't think I can watch Jeopardy. She goes, oh, my God, this girl is so annoying. I said, well, maybe she didn't win. And she and so she comes back on whatever. Oh, my and God. And what's funny is someone wrote an article. I know. Very seriously saying, that's very, you know, that's very mean because a woman's voice. Right. And it has to do with that women are a little self-con- self-conscious, self un- unconfident. But no one does that. Like, no one, like, when the, her 2000. talking. But when she talked, it'd right. be like talking. Like, if I said, so, so, uh, Wendy, uh, what did you have for dinner last night? And you'd be like. I had broccoli. No, but she talked normally. No, she did no, not. No, in the interview she did. No. I hated her. I sometimes <laughs> I, I, I watch it and then I didn't like that Matt one. Matt Jackson, the Which, one who remember when they like somebody ruined the picture of Jesus and she like um she was cleaning it and she messed it up and then she drew something on it. No, no, no. Oh, I'll have to find it for you because he looked like that. Well, it's funny because you sit there and you watch it. And then Alex, I always laughed like I, I miss his mustache. Like I just don't like him without a mustache. But I hate when they I hate when they take people's points away. Like they come back and they go, "Oh, I'm sorry." That's oh like, yes, our judges ruled. That. Or there was a, a a question a few weeks ago where the word, oh, I forget what word it was. The guy said it, and it was it was like instead of decanter, he said decantar. And oh nope, it's no good. It's like you know what he was talking about. It wasn't right. the word. Ooh, that's gonna cost you. Yeah, it's it's so it's so <laughs> annoying. Well, there was one kid who during the kids one, and he spelt the name wrong, and apparently he. And Alex was like, sorry. And then he like ran off the stage and there was all this let these letters going back and forth to Jeopardy about he shouldn't have been disqualified. Well, it's well, I have a problem too, is when they sit there and you don't have to say the first name. You can just say the last right. name. Right. Simon. But, yeah, I think exactly. Right. <laughs> I think you should have to say because it's like, what is it, Paul Simon? Is right. it Neil Simon? And but then that's and then but if they sit there and if they if they spell, you said spell like one syllable wrong. That's right. Then just write the last name. Right. It's uh, it's very inconsistent. But that one guy. Wait, I know we have to go. But no, that no, no, one no, no, guy, no, no. Matt I, Jackson, I, he said something like, uh, he was doing a daily double, and he said five. Now the audience thought it was five thousand. I saw. Yeah, yeah. I saw the same thing, and I. There was like a big controversy over that one, and then. Um, 
Uh, yeah, because if he had won, he probably would have won 5000 but they only took $5 away from him. And then I was pissed because who bets 5 Nobody bets 5 I know. I've never I've watched Jeopardy. I, I'm the same way. I remember that. I was like, wait a second. He wasn't confident in it. Yeah, but yeah, he just he said five. Five. Uh, that's not right. But if it if he had won, he would have gotten five thousand. Yeah, well, I, it's it's they're all in cahoots. He was smart. Yeah. Now, or no, have you ever auditioned? For no, I was going to audition, and I was going to audition for Sports Jeopardy, and I just I didn't because I'm you know what my problem is this I I can do it at home very well I get you know some nights I'll I'll do like eighty percent right. Wow. But I know if I went on, I would. I wouldn't get nervous. I would just have like that person who's always so quick on the trigger that you can't be like, you see some people that right. just have it done. And then I would sit there and I would get like 2000 and my friends would ridicule me for the rest of my life going, man, that's how I think when they're the teachers. Like, like right. when you're a teacher and you sit there with a kid and you go, you go, well, you're wrong. Yeah, right. well, you were wrong 87 times, Mr. Watson. Right. And that's why I couldn't do it. Now, would you, would you try it? Both Jeff and I took the, test at home and we didn't pass so i think i could do it if it were like dumbed down for celebrity jeopardy bet or something five. i, should, I, bet I five. should bet five no no what's going to happen with uh are you ever going to get on dancing with the stars well i tried i we talked very about that a while season, ago and then i think that ship has danced well, away that's crap because you're you're but, much bigger um, than a lot of those people no, you have to have like controversy, or whatever. But I did do America's Got Talent. I don't know if you. I remember yes. we talked about that. We did already. Yeah. I've been on since then. You you talked about it after it happened. Yes. So. Um, and you met you met, met Rachel, Rachel Butera. Now are you guys doing the podcast? Still? Well, we were doing Rachel, Wendy, and Rachel Save the World, but apparently we weren't able to. So, save the world. So that's on hiatus. We gotta get Rachel a boyfriend. <sighs> She, she, cause she's, she's. Alex she's, knows Rachel very well. She's filthy yeah. on those. She's, she's filthy on those. She's, she's funny, but she's filthy. She's hilarious. She's gorgeous. She, she puts low weird Instagrams up. Yeah. I have, a, I have to follow her because I've seen, I've seen some of her Facebook and I go, whoa, wow. Yeah. Like some <laughs> of them, I said there, I go, I go, wait a second. I, I, you're a sweetheart, but I can't set you up with a friend of mine. Cause they'll be like, cause they'll be like, what? Uh, and then they'll be like, well, I'm going to be on her page. But now I have to follow her. Now, now do you Instagram a lot? Are you on? Well, because of America's Got Talent, I joined Instagram. So it's mostly pictures. And What some, do you take pictures of? Um, I mostly take pictures of my dog, uh, JJ. JJ is a rescue dog. I, I, I always <laughs> like the JJ moments. JJ moments. Um, I stole that concept from Craig Bierko, who has his daily boo. He posts his dog. But mine is not every day. It's just today, whatever day it is. Today's JJ moment. And I had... Um, Annabelle Gurwitch came over. She was writing an article about how people's pets can become part of the family. And she said she felt like she knew JJ from the internet. So she wanted to meet him in person. So she came over. And I don't know if she was trying to rile me up, but she goes, you know, your dog, is JJ's not as cute in person. That's who I remember you posted that. <laughs> <laughs> now that's now that's that's just rude. That's, I think she was trying to rile me up to see like how much I would stand up for my dog. I would I honestly honestly I would tell someone their kid was fat before I made fun of their pet, like their baby. I was like, <laughs> you have a fat baby. You don't make fun of the dog. The dog can't do anything about right? it. You can't the dog if the dog Well, the, our dog is fat. The dog though, I like the dog. You know, you JJ's got some good pictures. JJ's adorable. I, w- I was gonna actually see if he'd come on the show. Because uh, he is more famous than I am. Do you, do you know Lori Allen? I don't. She's a voice. She does uh, uh, Pearl from SpongeBob, <sighs> and she brought in her rescue dog, who's uh, named Bumbles. And Bumbles was sitting sat in the studio next to me the whole time. Oh, what kind of a dog? It looks just like JJ. Really, JJ's a Bichon poodle. You should add Lori Allen on Facebook. Or okay. Tweet at her. She's she does a lot of lot of voice. Lori stuff. Allen. Okay. She's, and she's from she's from uh, back east she's from DC. So you're going back east for the holidays? Yeah, I I don't want to, but you don't want to? No, I want to. This is my home, and uh, Joanne was like, you know, well, I told him I go back. I said, yeah, two years ago. I said you're back two you're two years ago we were back there, whatever. And she's like, well, and I said, all right, but I'm I'm going to see my mom. Uh, in I'm taking a train to Virginia, and she's has Alzheimer's, so it's like I'll just look at pictures with her all day. Aww. But but it's but I said, you know, I'm going to my sister's like, oh, my brother. 
you know, the celebrity. I'm like, no, I'm I'm a nobody. She goes, why do you say that? You're as cool as your guests. Hey. Um, uh, yeah, but no, I'm no. See, I'm a, but you guys are all hip, hip. to me. Hip as your guests. So now, now, when are your shows? Any what what other shows are coming up for you? For your stand up. Well, just the one in San Francisco. I'm doing December 24th, 5th, and 6th, two shows at Kung Pao Kosher Comedy Night. And then I'm going to be at the new Punchline in um, Atlanta. The old one closed. It was like a, I think it was there for 30 years. And they had to move it because the par- they weren't going to have parking anymore. Like parking is a big issue at a comedy yeah. club. So there was no parking anymore. So they couldn't get audience members. So they moved. So I'm going to be there the first weekend of January. Now, do you like still like the road? Do you still, still like going out? You know, I like it less since I've moved because my new house is so serene and I just never want to leave the house. But um, I do like performing. There's nothing better than performing in a comedy club live with audience. Like it's just there's something really satisfying about that. It's just so raw and in the moment. I love it. Now, now you should start your own podcast. Well, Rachel and I had one, yeah, but, but what, I don't have enough to say. Yeah, you do. You have, and you know all these people. You should do it the uh, from your comedy from the show. From you locally get, grown. You get the. You know, I keep calling it homegrown. You get the locally grown people <laughs> to come on. Uh, my ingrown comedy. Yeah. Ingrown, exactly. You have old people with uh, ingrown nails. That's the whole thing. You can have the podiatrist. Yes, what you do. You interview podiatrists from all over, and they talk about ingrown nails. Well, in, inbred comedy show. Inbred comedy. Well, that's they have that's that different. already. There's oh, a lot of places that they have that already. <laughs> but so I'm doing those two shows, and then uh, it's going to be the last Tuesday of January is our next one. And then, as I said earlier, we were talking to Vitello's about maybe expanding it to once a week on Tuesday. Maybe so. twice, twice a month. Twice a month to start, because you know th- that's what happens a lot of times. Like it's great, and then it gets. Four, and then it's, right, like with the Mar- uh, with uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, then now it's like they go through they go through different people. I don't even know who's hosting it now. I don't even know when it's on. And that's they they record in Connecticut. They do because I was I wanted to look into going on to it, and I said, oh, we, we. well, you know, this is something I'm learning about you that you are really you're Jeopardy smart. I am. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty good at it. I just I am the I know stupid stuff. If it's TV, music, or movies, I'm killing it. Or sports. Were you always like good at trivia? I used to, yeah, but I mean, not, but if it's geography, I stink at, or history, I stink at. Alex is great at geography and history. See, I stink and at I, them. I look at him when he answers, and like I'm looking at him right now, like, how did you know that? Like, Uzbekistan? I yeah, have I, no... I sit there watching YouTube all yeah, day. There you go. People, oh. you know, you'll learn something. People used to call me before the internet, and they'd be like, hey, we're having an argument. Who played, you know, uh, Grady on Sanford and Son? I'm like, Whitman Mayo. Okay. Oh my God! Now we just are in the car, and Alex will go. Siri, who played? Yeah, that's the best. I did it last <laughs> night. I was trying to figure it out. Well, we only have a few minutes left. Alex, uh, promote your show real quick. Yeah, I've got a show um, coming up on Friday at the Pig and Whistle at 7:30. It's a charity drive. Um, everyone's bringing wrapped gifts to, for the firemen to give to the needy children. So. That's good. Any other shows coming up? Um, not as of now, but the album is finished. It's, it's amazing. On its way. Now, do you have a website? I don't have a website, but I do have an Instagram, Alex underscore Robert underscore Sherman. But if right. you search Alex Sherman, you'll find me on Instagram. You got YouTube videos? I do have YouTube videos, but they're not related to music. Okay. Well, I, 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 you know, I he's wanna... into zombies as well. Oh, that's cool. But no, he's not like I'm a little biased because he's my stepson, but he's un freaking believable all right well Singer, i want to thank, thank you for you, coming man. back on hey thanks for having uh, me on give all your info okay i'm at wendyliebman.com or at twitter at wendy liebman or on instagram wendy liebman and follow her because she does really funny stuff and uh, follow me on twitter it's at cooper talk that's at cooper talk instagram cooper talk one because i guess there's another cooper talk which pisses me off. Really? Yeah, I don't understand it. But there's also my website because someone had coopertalk.com. So coopertalk.net. Yeah, Cooper Anderson. That's was, that Anderson would just be a problem Cooper. when he had his talk show, Anderson Cooper. They, people would, they oh, couldn't find okay. him. But go to my website, coopertalk.net. I have, uh, God, I have a lot of it. I have 450 episodes up there. Wow. Um, and yeah, and so you can also find my new, my new little gadget is if you go, if you have an Android device, go to the Google Play Store. Type in one word, Cooper Talk. It's one word. I don't know why. Same thing, Anderson Cooper. It splits up. You get, don't get it. But I have an app. So you can go to the app, and it has all my shows on it. And you can just 
Play them on your phone. Play them wherever you want. I don't care. iTunes, Stitcher, same thing. One word Cooper Talk. It really pisses me off about the one word Cooper Talk. But but it's it happens. I, I have a MySpace as well. See so, yeah, 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 and she has MySpace. And uh, I never had a MySpace. I never had a MySpace either. I miss that. I miss Woodstock. Exactly. I missed it all. I, I missed <laughs> I missed liking Madge. But uh, that's she was the Palmolive lady. Oh. Anyway, uh, also people, my other website, StopTheSalt.com. Remember when I went through the health problems? You can buy my cookbook. It's Christmas time. 120 low sodium recipes. StopTheSalt.com. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at Barnes and Noble. But buy it from StopTheSalt.com, and I'll sign it, and I make twice the money. And so we want to do that. Make me the money. So that's about it. Uh, tune in next week. I have uh, Sharon Lawrence and I have Ed Asner. It's a great show. And I might have Philip Keene coming in from Major Crimes. I'll find out later today. So remember, I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins, and I will talk to you all next week. <laughs>